Greetings and welcome to The Second Question, a podcast for educators and those who love education. I'm your host, Martin Silverman, a public school educator from beautiful San Antonio, Texas. Now, let's answer the second question. Welcome listeners to episode 30 of The Second Question. I'm so excited to be here with you this evening and to introduce you to a guest that I've enjoyed um, knowing virtually and now getting to meet uh, somewhat semi in person, or at least what passes for in person in 2021 through uh, through Zencaster here. Uh, I want to introduce you to AJ Bianco. AJ is a, first off, a husband, a father, a sports enthusiast. A He's also a middle school assistant principal in northern New Jersey in Bergen County. And one thing that you may not know about AJ because we are recorded and you're not seeing him is that he bears an uncanny resemblance to Jimmy Garoppolo, the 49ers quarterback. I'm sure you've heard that once or twice. I know your name in the uh, fantasy football league that we're both in. Uh, It took me a second, but uh, I want to tell you, AJ, that uh, yesterday my son was over and I was telling him about getting ready to record and I showed him your Facebook profile picture. I'm like, who does this guy look like? And the first word out of it, he said, that's Jimmy. And so, <laughs> so there you go. Part one of your claims to fame. AJ, thank you so much for uh, taking time to be with me tonight. Uh, Martin, I appreciate you having me. I've been looking forward to this for a while. I'm sorry it took so long, but this is, this is great. Uh, I love the podcast, love what you do. Uh, and I, and I appreciate the shout out of a uh, little Jimmy Garoppolo there, because that is what my students would tell me all the time. And somebody stopped me a couple weeks ago. Like, Hey, you look just like Jimmy Garoppolo. I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. I know I do. So I kind of embrace it now and name my fantasy football teams after uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. So I'm the Garoppelganger. The Garoppelgangers, that's right. And and uh, doing quite well in the league, uh, I'll, I'll also add. I can't say the same for myself. Um, but I want to start with that, AJ, because you know normally we would start talking, getting right into education. But um, I want to begin by talking about the fact that you are a sports guy. Uh, you are definitely a fan. You are that along with being an educator. And I want you to tell us about the Chase for 28 podcast. Wow, that's that nobody ever goes to the Chase for 28. So I, I appreciate that one. So uh, Chris Nessie and I are podcasters, educators, and, and really passionate Yankee fans. So we decided to start this podcast a year ago. So it was a year ago today, which is the 8th of November. And we started this podcast and just kind of shared our passions for baseball. We needed something different during the pandemic. And this was our escape. And we wanted to make sure that we can share our love of baseball and get something going in there. We can just talk about other things. You know, we, we focus on education so much with Podcast PD and with our own podcast. This is strictly baseball related, all Yankees. We record every week or every other week, depending on in season or, or not. And really just give us a, a moment to just kind of joke on on our team and, and look at where we're going to go as a team and, and just shift our mindset away from education because that is a passion of ours. But, you know, talking about the Yankees just gives us a different kind of different kind of vibe. 
So one of the reasons I started with that is because it is something that actually ties back to, I think, what you do uh, as an educator and somebody who writes and speaks about education. And that is you talk about the importance of kind of stepping away, kind of reflecting, um, processing. And sometimes we, we find that hard to do. You know, educators tend to be a, a group that, that does, is all the time doing. We're always right in the middle of being involved in doing things, whether you're a, a teacher, an administrator, a custodian, or a cafeteria worker. You know, you are uh, doing your job almost the whole time, and there's very little time for reflecting, which actually kind of brings me to your your other podcast, Reflect Ed, where you talk about, you know, your whole premise there is talking about reflecting and uh, processing. So what does that process look like for you? So I, I find reflection in education to be really important. I feel like we can't do our job well if we're not reflecting. And when I started Reflect Ed, I really just wanted to create something that was really just genuine. You know, I didn't want to have anything that was, you know, set up with technology or ed tech or anything like that. I wanted to just be genuine to what we do on a daily basis. And if you're an educator, you're always on, you're always thinking about teaching. You're always learning about teaching. You're learning about leading and you're, you're continuously moving forward uh, with that. And, and when it comes to reflection, there's so many things that run through our mind throughout a day that I wanted to just have a podcast where I can just put something out there, whether I'm talking myself or from interviewing guests, you know, I want to get their thoughts and feelings about education. So for me, you know, I have my notebook, I have my Google Docs, and I'm just adding things daily. You know, and some things I don't hit me right away, like, oh, there's a great topic for a podcast. It's more like, here's what I'm going through in this given day or this moment. This is something I want to talk about. I feel like the podcast for me allows me to be vulnerable. And it allows other people to see that they can be vulnerable. They can kind of let their guard down for the listener and, and for themselves just to kind of say, I'm in a bad spot right now, or I'm in a good place right now. I feel like I should share this with somebody. And that's why I think the podcast is so important because sometimes I, I'm brutally honest and I'll say whether things are going well or things are not going well. You know, I haven't recorded the podcast in a couple of weeks because for me, I've been exhausted. So I don't think things have been going well for me. I don't feel like I have a lot to share because I, I don't want to keep putting that vibe out there that I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. You know, I said it once, now I'll take a break, I'll bring it back when I'm ready, and, and I'll share what I've been going through, you know, but I feel like reflection is so important. If you're an educator, and you're not reflecting on the things that you do daily, then I think that, that you're not going to grow. And that's, that's the problem. Well, you know, AJ, one of the things that struck me, and, and I think you described it perfectly because the first episode that I listened to of Reflect Ed was your the one that you released in September where you where you kind of led up to I finally hit play I finally hit record mm -hmm. after mm -hmm. you know after a long time and you started that episode by talking about all of the things that were kind of you know, for lack of a better word, piled on you over the summer uh, since, you know, your previous uh, recording. And I'm really glad I started with that episode because that actually kind of led me back to some of your other episodes in, in a better way, because I felt like you were very genuine. You were very, you know, you were saying what 
people were feeling and maybe we're not always willing to admit because, you know, we're supposed to be on at 100% mm-hmm. all the time. Right, right. And, and I appreciate that. And again, I, I don't want to make a podcast where it's fake. I, I look at some of the things out there. I don't like putting myself out there in all positives. Sometimes there's negatives that go with it. You know, you had Dave Franjosa on the show a little while back, him and I wrote an article together. It was rejected. And Dave straight up said, I was just rejected by a publishing place. And that's fine. And I think that's something we have to share because we can't just keep looking at the positives. There are negatives out there that build us up to become stronger. And it's the same thing with the podcast that I feel like is going for me, that I'm building myself back up to a place I want to be where I feel good that I'm creating content for people who will enjoy it. You know, and uh, what I think is important about it is you you model that you don't have to uh, push yourself to get an episode every, you know, blank number of days. Uh, you record when you are ready to record and you release when you're ready to release. And I think that's important. Yeah, I appreciate it. Sometimes it's not a good thing. I know you're supposed to be consistent as a podcaster and I'll get consistent when I feel like things can be consistent. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I know you're getting rich from yours, like I'm getting rich from mine, but, Absolutely. um, you know, so, so <laughs> but, but sometimes, you know, you just have to, you just have to use time instead of uh, worrying about that money. You know, you mentioned, uh, just a minute ago about an article that you and Dave, uh, who was a phenomenal guest and, and somebody who I'm, I'm really pleased to be connected with, uh, that you that you wrote, but you recently published an article that you shared on Twitter and you talked about, you called it collaborative classrooms. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, that was kind of like the main um, part of the title. I know it went in a whole bunch of different directions. Mm -hmm. So I want you to tell uh, my listeners uh, how that idea developed and how it plays out in real life in your schools. So to be honest, the idea was all Dave, like we wanted to write something together or something we've been really trying to figure out. And we got an opportunity to do that. And uh, you can follow Dave Frangiosa on Twitter. If you didn't check him out on the podcast at David Frangiosa, um, he's got the article there and all that. Dave and I really have a lot of similarities when it comes to, you know, the collaborative process and equity and his, his grading and assessment ideas are something I'm trying to gravitate toward to bring to my school. Um, but it was just kind of working together. Him and I continuously talk about how an administrator should support their teachers. So we decided to, to work on this article where we are talking about what he does in his classroom. And if it was teacher in my building was doing that, what I would do to support them. So when you look at the article, it talks about what it looks like to collaborate, what it looks like to, to, to push grading and, and what it looks like to kind of break out of the mold and do things that excite you as an educator. Um, then my part comes in the second half, how I would support a teacher like that. And I give a couple of ways and a couple of reasons to support how I would support and how to continue to push other teachers so that they grow into the teacher leaders that they can become. Okay. So AJ, right now you, uh, you know, I want you to imagine that you are in front of this group of teachers and you say, you know, I know everything that's going on in the world around us. I know the pressures that you're feeling right now, but there is a need to change blank. And I'm going to leave blank because, you know, there's a, this is my 39th year in education and there's always a need to change blank, right? Um, 
how do you go about with the additional, um, the additional thing of how teachers are feeling right now, sort of moving out of pandemic mode, uh, but not really out of pandemic mode. Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you make that happen? Yeah, that's still something I'm trying to figure out. I'm going to be honest with you. And, and I'm trying new things every day. You know, this is only my second year in assistant principal role, um, but I'm really trying to make that impact, right? So for me, you know, I, I think really just being visible with students and with teachers, listening and asking questions is really what's been pushing me to move forward. Uh, I, I, I'm trying to, trying to work with teachers to see what they need and how I can best support them. So, you know, listening and, and supporting them in that way is my go-to. You know, I think from there, I really gather all the information I can to see if I can help teachers in, in a situation. So I don't want to just have the focus on one teacher. I want it on a variety of teachers. So if I hear something from one teacher, I'm going to bring it to another teacher. Hey, I heard this. You know, do you agree that this is an issue? Is this something we should fix? You know, so let's, let's look at discipline because where I am right now, PBIS and restorative practices is something I'm really trying to push forward over the next couple of years. So, you know, doing a staff survey, working with the staff and trying to figure out is discipline an issue? You know, are rules, regulations and procedures posted in your, in your classroom? You know, are they positive? Are they negative? You know, so really just asking the questions and trying to dig and really getting the feedback from teachers that's going to help me guide them. You know, I, I'm not a person, I never was in my classroom where I'm putting mandates or I'm telling this is the way it has to be. I'm really, as the article says, into that collaborative approach of working together and finding something that's going to take our school from where it is to something even bigger and better than where we're at right now. AJ, you know, you, you make me think and see, I'm going way off script here, but uh, that's the beauty of having a conversation. Um, so I'm a big believer as well in soliciting information and feedback and reflection. Um, I'm going to give you a practical example. So this is my 32nd year in administration. Okay. As long, well, no, longer than you've, no, not as long as you've been alive, but close, but close, <laughs> but close. Um, 32nd year in administration. And every survey that I have ever done with teachers to the one I just put out on Friday, our first quarter, you know, checkup survey there is at least one or two or 10 people that talk about lack of discipline or discipline, discipline support, uh, discipline management. This is not new. This is not new. My first principalship in 1993, um, that was an issue. My first assistant principalship in 1991, you know, that was an issue. I, I, I believe it's, it's been an issue, you know, time immemorial, as long as there have been schools. Mm -hmm. How do you how do you address deeply, deeply seated uh, ideas about how discipline should be maintained and handled? Oh, I, you know, some people are just never going to change and ideas are never going to change. People are very comfortable with, with what they do. Um, I'm not looking to change people. I'm not looking to, to force them to follow what I'm trying to do. 
all I'm looking for, for my teachers to do is kind of embrace an idea and give it a try. You know, Chris Nessie in his podcast says technology isn't hard, just give it a try. So I, I feel like that's the same thing with, with initiatives and other ideas that are going to improve, you know, teaching. Just give it a try. See what it does for you. If you try one little piece of positive discipline instead of, you know, instead of a, a lunch detention with the student, give them a little project they have to do that's going to open your eyes to build a relationship. Give it a try. So with surveys, with data, I'm going to take it. I'm going to reflect on it. And I'm going to talk to the teacher and I'm going to figure out what can we do to have your, you know, your programs, your policies kind of match and mesh up with what we're trying to do at the school. How can we work together to, to make it fit? Because again, that collaborative approach, that, that, that one-on-one, that, that feedback, that reflection, that's what's important. I think that's, that's where leadership really is trying to go these days, because I, I think the leaders who still have that iron fist and that I'm making this change and you're following on. And, you know, if you don't agree with me, get off the bus. I, I have that to an extent, but I feel like, you know, we have to work together first before we start kicking people off buses. Definitely. That's a, a great analogy. Um, AJ, so my, you work at a middle school, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, my youngest child, my son, is a first-year special education teacher at a middle school. All right. If he was one of your teachers and you were his, you know, supervisor, mentor, what advice would you give him? Just be yourself. You know, I, I think that's so important. I look back at my first year teaching and, and I've said this in many places, I would beat myself up my first year teaching. I tried to fit into a mold and I tried to do things that I, I didn't like. You know, when I went into the classroom, I followed the lead of the, the teacher I had while I was student teaching. You know, I did lecture, I did notes, I did textbooks, I did a test. That was what we did every day. Yes, I threw in some some group work. I threw in a little bit of a smart board because that was the first time I had one. But that wasn't who I was. You know, I didn't get to build relationships with kids. I didn't get to do new things. So if I'm mentoring my, my teachers, if I'm mentoring your son as a teacher, I'm allowing him to be himself. I want them to shine. Um, the role of a mentor is to see what the person has inside of them and bring it out to the surface. So I don't want to have them do what I did. I want to see what they would do and how that would, you know, really generate an exciting classroom and something that's going to help students grow. We're all different as teachers. There's no one teacher who's exactly the same. And if you're trying to model what somebody else does, you're not going to be successful as a teacher because that's going to change. Your kids aren't those teachers' kids. Your kids are the ones in front of you. You teach how they're going to learn. So I, I really feel like it sounds so simple, but you really need to be yourself. You know, that's how you're going to grow. You're going to do what you do in the classroom. You're going to reflect on it. You're going to work with somebody who's your mentor and you're going to grow that way. So I think that's uh, phenomenal advice. And, uh, you know, I would appreciate that as his dad and he would appreciate that as a, as a teacher. When you think of your own kids, what advice do you give them in order for them to be successful at school. So I'm starting to see that a lot lately. So my, my son is nine, my other son, my middle guy, he's going to be seven, you know, that's third and first grade and school for them is still fun. 
you know, they still have those moments where they have so much fun. They love going to school. And I, and I love that, but I know I can see their work ethic. It's kind of like me when I was a student, it's like, I'm having fun, but I really don't want to do this, you know? So I, I, I try to push them to really find something that they're going to be passionate about in education. One of my sons is really good at math. He loves math. He loves science. He loves to learn that. My other son kind of just wants to be alone, left alone to his own devices. He'll learn what he wants to learn. So I want them to explore. And when I talk to their teachers and my wife talks to their teachers because she's in education as well, we, we talk about how they are somebody that, that should explore something and find their passions in learning. So when we're home and they're doing their homework, you know, I, I try not to go teacher mode on them. I really try to go with the parent aspect, but it's so hard to combine those two. You know, so sometimes I find myself kind of like, hey, you know, if you do this with this problem or if you do this with this work, you're going to find success and it doesn't work. My way of learning is not their way of learning. So, so for my own kids, I want them to really be excited about learning and find something they're passionate about and really, you know, explore that on their own. Find a book, find a website, use the computer and the iPad, whatever the case may be. Find something that excites you. Don't just do the work because you have to do the work because you're excited about doing the work. Yeah, you know, uh, my kids were uh, unfortunately the product of two teachers as well. And so I know the struggle that you are uh, that you are speaking of as as a parent. It really is really hard <laughs> to sure. not really. to not intervene. Um, AJ, the the stated premise of this podcast is to honor teachers and to honor the teachers that have had an effect on us. And so whenever uh, I'm doing teacher interviews, the second question that I ask in the interview is who's the best teacher you ever had and why were they the best? So AJ, uh, who's the best teacher you ever had and why were they the best? Yeah. So th this was actually more difficult for me than, than I thought it was at first. I had a lot of great teachers in my high school career who influenced me to where I am now, but I'm going to give you one. And, uh, her name was uh, Paula Vogel. And Mrs. Vogel was my life studies teacher and early childhood teacher in Spring Valley High School in Rockland County, New York. And um, Ms. Vogel was fantastic. I had her, I believe it was my junior and senior year. And the reason I went in her class is because I wanted to be an elementary education teacher. I wanted to be with those younger kids. And she did the childhood development program where we had kids come in and we would work with those kids and, and play with them and educate them. And the class was so much fun. I loved learning with her. I loved the way that she would interact with us as students and watching her with the, with the little kids when they came in was so exciting. You know, she was such a great person and, and a great educator that she was building relationships with us as high school kids, which when you think about being in high school, you're not building relationships with a teacher. It's very hard for that. But Mrs. Vogel was fantastic with that. And, and Hopefully she'll check this out. I know this is going to sound so weird. I know she's a Facebook friend of mine and I've let her know that she has shaped me to where I am now in education. Uh, but, but honestly, her guidance and her push towards, towards what she did in the classroom is why I am in education and why I am where I am now. That is so phenomenal. I'm so glad that uh, you've been able to tell her and that uh, hopefully you'll be able to share this episode so she can hear. Of course the uh, you know the uh the tribute to her because uh she definitely deserves it um aj after people listen to this episode they're 
they're going to want to connect with you. So what is the best way for people to connect with you? Yeah, so I'm all over the place. I'm on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, you know, at AJ Bianco. So if you want to check out what I'm doing there, you can. You can see what I'm doing um, with my work, with school as an assistant principal. Uh, I'm on a variety of podcasts, as we mentioned. So I have my personal podcast, Reflect Ed. Uh, I have the podcast I do with Chris Nessie and Stacey Lindis, which is Podcast PD. And if you're a Yankee fan or just a baseball fan in general, you can check out the Chase for 28 podcast that Chris Nessie and I run. Um, we're looking forward to getting our hot stove conversation going. But, uh, you know, right now I think we're kind of upset with the Yankees. So we took a little break, <laughs> but I know he wants to get things rolling again. So, uh, you know, check me out there. Find me all over the place. I'd love to connect. I'd love to learn. And, I, and I'd love to to see what other people are doing in their realm of educators. Well, AJ, it has been uh, beyond a pleasure to have you. I'm so glad we got a chance to connect. I, I'm, I'm glad we've been connected, you know, virtually, but, I, but having this time uh, together has been a real treat for me. So thank you so much for taking your time to uh, come here and be on the second question. Uh, Martin, I appreciate it, man. It's been a pleasure. And that's it for today's episode of The Second Question. Thanks for joining us. If you like this podcast, subscribe and tell your friends. And don't forget to join us for the next episode where we will answer the second question. Mm -hmm.